0: And we're back with another episode of The Anarchist Experience, episode 188, aka season three, episode eight, uh, coming at you podcast only this week, as MC is out of town. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Richie Rich, and as you know, uh, when MC is out of town, this turns into an episode of uh, Richie Rich Reads the News, uh, because here we're definitely uh, quantity over quality, so... Without MC to to elevate uh, the discourse on the show, uh, you don't get much from me. So here we go. Uh, Plus, Red Dead Redemption 2 came out this week, um, and I'm dying to get back to that. So here we go. Headlines. Uh, If we ignore government, will it go away? Headline. Uh, A law intended to protect crime victims is being used to shield the identities of police officers. A headline, why speaking like Pepe Le Pew may soon be a crime in France. A headline, brothers face $450,000 in fines for cutting trees on their own property without asking government first. Headline, a nation horrified by toy bombs sent to Democrats as their government blows up kids with real ones. A headline, Chicago seized a disabled woman's van, now it's scrap metal. And finally, headline, South Carolina Island seeks chain business ban to maintain, quote-unquote, unique character and we're just going to run down the list uh of those and probably get through all of them usually we don't get through all the the headlines that we get to um but the this show and next week's show most likely mc's not going to be back next week either uh will likely be this so hopefully hopefully it'll be a good uh prep week for me um and then i'm thinking was it three weeks from now two weeks from now uh on that show um i'm looking to get a buddy on mine to to join the show, uh, hopefully on a regular basis uh, and start doing his own little segment there. So hopefully, 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 change is coming up in the show. But for now, if we ignore government, will it go away? You know how kids will try to annoy you to get attention and the more you react, the worse they get. Uh, If you acknowledge that they have the power to annoy you, they become little tyrants and their parents would probably see it as an overreaction uh, to rip their fingers off the next time they poke you. Uh, There's really nothing you can do to stop them from poking you and still come out of the situation with your dignity. To physically force them to stop would be a massive overreaction, and to tell them to stop, poke them back, or appear annoyed will only encourage them further. You just have to ride it out. They'll eventually get bored much quicker than you could be rid of the little brat by engaging. Unfortunately, little tyrants sometimes grow into big tyrants. Some become stalkers, and victims have to use the same old method to get rid of them. Of course, simply ignoring them is not enough, since the situation could become violent. You actually have to be prepared to rip their fingers off if they keep poking you. But according to Gavin de Becker in The Gift of Fear, most of the time, strictly cutting off all communication is the best tool you have. Uh, the Book of Fear is a book about how to recognize and respond to psychological tricks that bad people use against their victims. Uh, To get a stalker or crazy ex out of your life, you have to cut them off completely, De Becker says, Uh, quote, he views any response as progress. If you call the pursuer back or agree to meet or send him a note or have somebody warn him off, uh, you buy another six weeks of his unwanted pursuit. Even sending police is not a good idea unless the stalker has committed a serious crime that he or she will be arrested for. Same goes for a court order that may just infuriate the stalker and escalate the harassment. Telling the stalker over and over and over again that you don't want to hear from him means he gets to talk to you over and over. Sending others to threaten him will give him a sort of satisfaction and could escalate the danger. And of course, seeking revenge might mean you end up in prison. Uh, This is basically the same way we need to respond to an abusive government that inserts itself into your life. Granted, uh, the government will become more persistent than the kid poking you, and you can't defend yourself against them like you can with an abuser, but if we ignore the government for long enough, it will go away. Okay, not the IRS notices. That won't go away. They will arrest you and throw you in a cage. Uh, I'm talking more long-term. If we adopt the technology, products and services that make the government obsolete and redundant, they will eventually go away or take a form that is less creepy and more consensual. They can't get to us if, the, if we are empowered, self-assured individuals and groups. If we have the tools to ignore them, they won't be able to force a response. The internet, cell phone, video cameras, communication, and other tech tools have helped us shine a light on the government's dark deeds. It's like getting a surveillance system to deter the stalker. It shows the world the abusive arrests, false flags that get us into wars, and the fact that our alleged enemies aren't so different from you and me. I think it's I think in competing governments will be come less I think in competing governments will become less and less oppressive in order to attract citizens to their jurisdiction. It is easier to move than ever before, and certain countries like Estonia are on the cutting edge of modernization of modernizing government services, and I think we will see more and more options to choose governments that are better fit for our needs. I think cryptocurrencies will eventually hand control of finances and money back to individuals, and I think we need to stop allowing public schools to indoctrinate children and teens. Homeschooling or parenting with other parents uh, to form a homeschool cooperative is a step that every concerned parent can take. I'm serious when I say America would be better off ending public schools immediately and permanently, and you can read my seven reasons why here, uh, link in the article. Uh, but getting violent and rattling around electoral us versus them politics will only encourage the government. Uh, let's make them as little a part of our lives as possible. I don't know what kind of time frame we are looking at to become completely rid of these tyrants, but tomorrow I'll discuss the three basic steps we can all take to reduce the impact of crazy, threatening stalker we call government. Uh, you don't have to play by the rules of the corrupt politician, manipulative media, and brainwashed peers. Uh, end of the article. And I don't have his follow-up article, so we're not going to read that. Now, I will say this. At the beginning of the article, the the only minor disagreement I have is uh, I will rip a kid's finger off poking me. Uh, maybe. Maybe not literally, but figuratively. Uh, you know, my uh, People have heard me say this before. My general life philosophy uh, is every minor inconvenience must be met with a gross overreaction. Um, so if, a, so if a kid is like, you know, really doing his thing, um, purposefully trying to be annoying, not just being playful as a kid, um, because generally too, uh, I love kids and I love playing with kids and I can tolerate them, um, more than most adults because hell, I understand what, what they're going through. Um, uh, but the, the purposeful annoyance or, you know, the destruction of property, um, or, or that sort of thing, um, definitely, definitely will be met with a gross overreaction by me Um, regardless of, you know, regardless of what other people may think. Like, I don't, I don't have that sort of thought process where I care too much what other people think of how I behave or how I act. Like, you know, they, they can sit and swirl with the rest of them. Um, but those that know me and, you know, like, you know, family and really close friends, um, they know better, right? They, they know the gross overreaction is coming. Number one, if they do it, um, so they don't do it right. Which is a deterrent for them. Um, and you know, when, when it happens and they witness it, right. They know, well, that's just rich. So, you know, it's, it's a it's a no big thing there either. Um, uh, even to the point where I know I've shared this, uh, you know, on the show before, um, you know, I, even, even going into court and dealing with the state, uh, in those matters, right. They, they have at one point in time, they had an understanding of just who in the hell I was, um, because of my outrageous behavior prior in the court, right. Like I've had, a I've had the prosecutor come up to me before trial and offer me a deal because, you know, he, he knew um, that I, I don't pay the fines and all that other stuff. He's like, we, you know, we know you're an anarchist, so We know you don't pay the fines, um, but we have to offer you this deal anyway. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can avoid this, you know, debacle. Um, so, he, you know, so, so that sort of behavior, the, the gross overreaction um, has a purpose for me and it works for me uh, because people remember me. Right. You know, I don't I don't need to be famous, but I'll settle for infamous um, if that's the way we have to go about it. So um, when when it comes to, you know, dealing with the state or all that other stuff, you know, ignore them as much as possible. Work around them as much as possible. Uh, but if and when they bring the fight to you, um, don't be afraid to grossly overreact. Right. I mean, that's, you know, the 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 world may judge you crazy but freedom-minded, liberty-oriented individuals uh, understand your frustration and, you know, will, will you know, be behind you or hopefully should get behind you uh, in those matters. And that's all I have to say about that. Headline, a law intended to protect crime victims is being used to shield the identities of police officers. Uh, the vague wording of Marcy's Law allows law enforcement to classify themselves as victims after shooting suspects. A Highway Patrol officer in South Dakota is using a law intended to protect the identity of crime victims to keep his or her name from being publicly released after shooting a suspect. So-called Marcy's Laws are victim's rights regulations that, among other things, allow a crime victim to prohibit the release of information or records that could be used to locate or harass the victim or the victim's family. Uh, The first Marcy's Law was passed in California and enshrined in its state constitution, It has since spread to Illinois, Ohio, Montana, North Dakota, and South Dakota. What on earth does a victim's right law have to do with a police officer demanding to conceal his identity from the public? According to the Rapid City Journal, the officer in question shot 21-year-old Kwong Gautlauk following a confrontation during a traffic stop. According to the police report, Gautlauk made statements intending some sort of self-harm and fled from a police vehicle. In a confrontation, he apparently threw a beer can at the trooper and then tackled the trooper and tried to steal the trooper's gun, according to the reports. Uh, The trooper was able to keep his gun and shot the suspect twice. Because Scoutlock was subsequently charged with assaulting a trooper, the trooper is claiming that right under Marcy's law to have his or her name kept confidential, even though this action happened in the course of public work, public police work, and much of the records involved are public records. The state's attorney general has agreed. South Dakota's Marcy's Law does not have any sort of exceptions for law enforcement. As the Rapid City Journal notes, this is not the first time police officers has used the law to try to shield their names from disclosure. Several officers in North Dakota also use their version of Marcy's Law to conceal their names uh, during the investigation of a police shooting. The American Civil Liberties Union has been critical of Marcy's Law partly because of their vagueness and partly because they can jeopardize defendants' due process rights. In May, Gene Hruska, the police director for the of the ACLU's New Hampshire chapter, warned. Would it prevent the release of names on, on crime reports, or would it reduce the amount of time the information that press outlets are allowed to provide the public regarding crimes? Could it give a victim and their attorney control over the limits of a victim's testimony at trial? Too much of the Marcy's Law narrative is abstract, obscuring what the implications would be for our legal system. The multi-million dollar campaign that comes with Marcy's Law focuses on the intent of the law. But well-meaning intent does not cure bad language. The concern over ambiguous language and unintended consequences are particularly acute because, unlike a statute, if problems arise with a constitutional experiment, legislatures' hands are effectively tied. To change even a few words requires another constitutional amendment. In South Dakota... They had to do exactly that, to clarify the law, to make it clear that police could disclose important information to get help from the public and to limit what was actually covered by the definition of a crime victim. In California, media outlets have to take a lawsuit all the way up to the state Supreme Court just to establish that law enforcement agencies could simply conceal the names of officers who had been involved in shootings. And they recently passed a law making public record of the police officers in situations involving deadly force and certain crimes. Uh, Voters in six states, Florida, Kentucky, Georgia, Nevada, North Carolina, Carolina, and Oklahoma, will be considering Marcy's Law amendments for this state's constitutions in November. They should keep these likely unintended outcomes in mind. Uh, End of the article there. Now I don't have much to say about this article other than the fact that it doesn't sound surprising, right? I mean, er every law with good intentions uh, gets abused by those in power, uh, police included. Uh, so why wouldn't they try to take advantage uh, of every opportunity that they can uh, to get something to to work in their favor? Um, even even in this instance, right when they're when they're talking about the the sub the, the suspect or the subject or whatever, uh, you know, it was he made statements intended some sort of self harm and fled, right? And so he he was obviously like mentally unstable to begin with, and rather than assist him um, in that, they decided to you know track him down and shoot him. Right. Like what kind of officer put number one puts himself in a situation, um, you know, to be attacked uh, by a suspect fleeing. Right. You know, if, if he's fleeing, you know, just just follow. him. Right. You know, you can have a slow speed chase or find some other way to, to track him down. Uh, but high speed chases are, you know, a matter of public safety there, too. So just not do that. Uh, and if he's and if he's starting self-harm, he's obviously, you know, has some issues to deal with. Um, and getting shot and killed um, doesn't help with that either, um, regardless of whether the officer was being attacked, right? You know, uh, in these types of situations, we go like, well, he's attacking the cop. Um, you know, for for a traffic stop, come on, man. You know, that that's part of the issue right there is those are revenue generating schemes. Um, prior to the cop being assaulted, uh, there was no other victim. Um, and I don't even want to call it an assault, really, uh, because the guy was being harassed by the police at a traffic stop right? The, the cops initiated the violence. Uh, the guy, you know, could, I can make the argument was, you know, always in a self-defense mode because, you know, when, when, when the cops are around, um, they're the aggressors naturally, um, by definition, they're always going to be the aggressors. So even if you end up, you know, attacking a cop for whatever reason, um, I'm okay with that, right? They, they deserve it. They have it coming as part of their job. Um, and yeah, so but to escalate to the, po- to the point of killing uh, a, a mentally unstable person uh, is ridiculous to begin with. And then to try to hide behind laws intended to protect those people um, is even worse. Um, and, and, you know, as the article suggests, like all, you know, other states are considering this type of thing and all the consequences that come along with that. Uh, so just stop passing bad laws, right? Just end the nonsense and end the state to begin with. And you don't have to worry about any of this moving on at a rapid-fire pace. Uh, why, speaking like Pepe Le Pew may soon be a crime in France. Uh, the idea of making fun of accents is a kind of hate speech might sound absurd to many Americans, but it fits into Europe's approach to free speech in recent years. Reuters <clears throat> reports that Leticia Avia, a member of the French Parliament, has said she is proposing a bill that would classify mocking a regional accent, so-called glottophobia, is a form of prohibited discrimination. Avia's proposal comes after former presidential candidate Jean-Luc Mélenchon, a longtime member of the Socialist Party, mocked a journalist's heavy accent by asking if someone else had a question in understandable French. Uh, Avia said she and other members of France's ruling party would be proposing legislation to save people from public humiliation. Uh, do you speak poor French? If you have an accent, do people have to endure humiliation if their pronunciation is not of the standardized kind? Uh, Avia said on Twitter, uh, "The idea that making fun of accents is a kind of hate speech might sound absurd to many Americans, but it fits into Europe's approach to free speech in recent years." Uh, France does not have an equivalent of America's First Amendment that prohibits government from abridging the freedom of speech. And in recent years, European nations have passed expansive legislation to prohibit hate speech. To my knowledge, there is no formal definition of hate speech. uh, But as to my colleague, uh, Jen Maffesanti pointed out last year, many Europeans and other nations, among them France, Canada, Germany, Spain and the UK, have used the hate speech umbrella to suppress political speech. In fact, the speech doesn't even have to be political per se. It can simply be speech that is critical of the state or state employees, such as calling police officers slackers on Facebook. Uh, Free speech is in retreat. It's not just Europe where free speech is a retreat, however. In America, the land of the free, surveys show a distressing disregard for this basic pillar of liberty. Uh, The latest Freedom Forum Institute survey reveals that one in four Americans believe the First Amendment goes too far in protecting the rights it guarantees. Uh, This is distressing, but also amusing, considering 4 in 10 of those surveyed could not name a single right guaranteed under the First Amendment. Uh, Perhaps most alarming, more than 70% of respondents said tech and social media companies should remove hate speech from their platforms. Uh, This disregard for free speech would have alarmed America's founding fathers who saw the free dissemination of speech and ideas as a cornerstone of Republican government. (coughs) Whoever would overthrow the liberty of a nation must begin by subduing the freeness of speech, a young Benjamin Franklin wrote in Silence Do Good. Uh, James Madison, the father of the Constitution, noted that many would abuse free speech, but he said it must be preserved and cherished nonetheless. Uh, Our First Amendment freedoms give us the right to think what we like and say what we please, wrote Madison, who refused to curtail civil liberties during a bitter and unpopular war with England. And if we the people are to govern ourselves, we must have these rights, even if they are misused by a minority. Uh, Many Americans are rightly troubled by the recent mass purges by Facebook and Twitter. Yet, in a sense, Silicon Valley is merely reacting to the troubling trends that show a greater hostility to hate speech than support for free speech. Americans should be thankful that the First Amendment, for now, offers protection from the ill-conceived initiatives of lawmakers, which can be found on both the right and the left. Yet, sadly, this does not get to the root of the problem, which is the erosion of the idea of liberty. Liberty lies in the hearts of men and women, uh, wrote Great Leonard Hand, uh, when when it dies there, no constitution, no law, no court can save it. No constitution, no law, no court can even do much to help it. Uh, directing displeasure at Facebook and Twitter for purging pages and censoring users might be fair. It might make us feel good, uh, but America's true challenge is restoring the waning flames of liberty unless it can be made to burn bright again. We can expect the same fate of France where speaking like Pepe Le Pew may soon be a crime. This is the type of laws that get passed uh, that really bother me because my first reaction is all right, put me in jail then right just just forget all about it uh you know if if that's if this is where society is going um just lock me up now because <laughs> i I want no I want no real part of that um you know as far as free speech is concerned, big fan right support it hundred and ten percent. Um, all the way. I don't care, you know. I I don't care who you are, what side you 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 claim to be on. Um, please speak your mind. Say what you want. Uh, don't worry about the the PC police or any of those people um trying to stifle your voice. Um, because what you have to say, uh, regardless of what you have to say, is in, is important. Um, and should be heard. Uh, even if it's utter nonsense, um, you should still have the right to say it. Um, uh, and as far, you know, I don't, I don't want to get into the whole Facebook, Twitter, uh ban purge thing. Cause I think that's been beaten to the ground enough. Uh, but I do find it, I do find it strange. Um, uh, how many, you know, how many people within the Liberty community, um, are now associating those companies with the state, right? Like if, if, if the state gets big enough, um, or if the company gets big enough, where they're colluding with the state, um, they're de facto, sta- you know, they're de facto members of the state. Um, and and me and MC talked about it a little bit last week. And the reason we didn't get too far um, with that discussion is because it puts it puts a burden on business, any business, uh, really. Um, if if you say that you know any actions that they take uh, that benefit the state. Uh, put them in that category, right? Because uh, you know, depending on where you live, uh, a lot of those businesses collect taxes, right? You know, for the state sales tax, um, you know, based gas tax. If, if, you know, if you're pumping at a gas station, um, food tax, or you know, whatever, whatever that happens to be, uh, you know, the they're victimized by the state by by the state making them a, a collector in that respect, and that means any business that does that um, could be seen as de facto doing. Doing business with the state in some form or fashion and therefore you know don't get the don't get the respect or the regard um, from consumers or libertarians or anarchists um, or anything like that and it would be it would be too hard I think or or put a burden too much on um, entrepreneurs um, you know who want who believe in freedom and believe in liberty and believe in these ideas to operate a business successfully or even even if they don't believe in these ideas, right? Even to operate a business, right? Like you're you you wouldn't be able to survive um, in the current economy without those businesses operating. And regardless of where they get the protection from, um, whether whether it be the state or the local gang uh, or self imposed or volunteers or whatever it happens to be, um, regardless of, of that, um, it's good that they're there, right? And and I guess a case could be made that you know Facebook and Twitter are, are you know detrimental to the health of society. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, the service that they offer is used voluntarily uh, by everyone involved, right? They offer the service voluntarily. You accept the service voluntarily, you use it voluntarily. Um, they are not coercing, you know, if they were really the state, they would be coercing you into using the services. And that's just not true. If you don't want to be on Facebook, you don't have to be, if you don't want to be on Twitter, you don't have to be the mere fact that, you know, they're doing what's best for their business by, um, you know, playing ball with the state is true for any business. And I don't want to lump them in that category ever. Now, bonus points, right, to the agorist businesses, uh, you know, that that operate on the side, bonus points to the gray market businesses um, that hide in the shadows, bonus points to the black market businesses um, that kept uh, customers served even through the bad times of whatever it is, you know, the, the state tries to impose, you know, bonus points there and they get a premium right? Those, those goods are usually more expensive, uh, than goods you find at the gas station or supermarket or convenience store or anything like that, um, because of the, the risk of doing it underground. Um, and that's another reason, you know, why, regardless of the state involvement, um, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to group every business that does business with the state into that category because then, you know, it, it, the alternative is for them to also go underground, um, And that'll you know that'll spike the prices either. So I'm not and and again, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that you know doing business with the state is a good thing. Um, I just respect business owners, right? The same way I respect people that pay taxes, right? You know, for their for their fear of the consequences if they don't, right? I I I respect business owners who go like Well, they'll just come in and shut me down if I don't follow their rules and that's not the business I'm in, right? If I get shut down, then I serve nobody. Um, So we'll, you know, in the current climate, we'll just, we'll play ball as much as we can and do what we can on the side. Um, The same way I support individuals who, you know, have regular jobs, right? And they, they go to work, they support their families, they, they pay their taxes um, out of fear of, of being, you know, caged and having, you know, their, their family unsupported uh, for however long they're behind bars or killed right? You know, the same way they do it out of fear. Um, I respect the businesses that also do it out of fear just to get by, right? And, and, and until we can move them out of their fear zone and onto our side where we just don't care and we do what we want, um, so long as we don't harm anybody anyway, um, there, there needs to be a little bit of leniency. And that's where I give, um, that's the leniency that I give businesses um, who do business with the state right now if the, if it's it, again it's different um if they have like you know state contracts and are are you know weapons providers for the military and and that sort of thing you know those i could i i could understand the case uh for being a part of the state right like the 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 federal reserve is not federal it's you know it's just a reserve or the the post office isn't isn't a a real federal agency and yeah they they are you know that's, you know they're not, but they are, right? The, the, that those are the type of organizations that I could see, I can see and say, uh, are state agencies as opposed to just um, regular organizations operating under the status paradigm. Um, Facebook and Twitter, eh, not so much. Google, not so much. Um, but we'll see, because you know if they if they start to if they start to do you know uh, defense department contracts, uh, then we'll have to reevaluate. But for now, I give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, Now, back to, you know, Pepe Le Pew and and that aspect of it. Um, Yeah, you know, if if those laws come down that, you know, inhibit free speech, France or anywhere, I think what happens is um, someone gets away with it first, right? France bans uh, accent hate speech first and then it kind of sort of travels around the world until it eventually gets to america and we go like well look at that they're doing it in europe and and look how good it is for the french people who don't have to worry about being offended anymore like there's no offense taken at all in france because no, no offense is ever given um isn't it a great idea that, and we should just, uh, uh, adopt that idea here. Um, you know, and, and then it spirals out of control because, you know, the offended minority, uh, become the vocal minority who try to impose their will, uh, onto people through, through, um, legislation and voting, right. You know, if, it, if the people are allowed to vote on it, uh, they'll vote away the, the, the free speech in order to protect their delicate sensibilities every time. Um, uh, you know, I, I just recently uh, posted on Facebook, you know, in, in the middle of the show here. Um, I don't vote, but I also break bad laws. So I think that's the real win-win. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to vote for your oppression. Uh, and if you vote to oppress me, um, I'm, I'm, we're, we're going to have to fight about it. So, um, so yeah. So if, if, you know, if France passes laws banning uh, accent hate speech, I hope there's a bunch of French people making fun of it. Um, you know, the whatever liberty-minded Frenchies there happen to be, um, and if that nonsense ever comes here, uh, I hope that we can, all, <laughs> we can all laugh it off and continue to make fun of those who deserve to be made fun of, uh, and if we have to do our, our Pepe Le Pew accents from behind bars, then so be it there too. Moving on, firing right through this. Uh, this might be the most outrageous article we have today. Uh, brothers face $450,000 in fines for cutting trees on their own property without asking government first. Uh, For removing evasive trees on their property, two brothers are being fined a half a million dollars because they didn't ask the state for permission first. Uh, In the land of the free, you must ask permission from government before you modify your own property. If you do not first ask for permission and pay them, you can face heavy fines and or imprisonment. Uh, Two brothers in Michigan are learning the hard way after they cut down trees on their own property. uh, Now the state is telling them to pay up a half a million dollars. Uh, Gary and Matt Percy have been told by their local rulers that because they failed to obtain the proper permits before cutting down 1,400 trees on their property, they now owe $225 to $450 per tree. Uh, The brothers own a 16-acre plot of land that they cleared in preparation for planting a Christmas tree farm, according to their attorney, Michael J. Patwell, but they didn't ask the government for permission first, so now they must pay up. Uh, Canton Tree Police showed up, said Patwell. Uh, Canton's Township Tree Removal Ordinance prohibits landowners from removing trees from private property without government permission, which may be obtained by either payment into the township's so-called tree fund or on-site replacement with trees of certain designated trunk diameters. What's more, the property was full of invasive plants and not really trees. Uh, the land was filled with invasive plants like fragmites, buckthorn, and autumn olive, Patwell said, uh, but the government disagrees. To assess the fines, local off officials had their expert arborists survey a nearby property, which claims they had similar trees. Uh, they identified certain plots, township attorney Kristen Kolb said. They identified the number and types of trees and did some math to figure out approximately how many trees. According to MLive, the arborist estimated 1,385 tree uh, trees with trunk diameters of 6 inches or more were removed. Uh, this could mean $225 to $300 per tree in penalties. Another 100 landmark trees were also removed, the township, estimates, uh, the township estimated meaning another $450 each. According to the brother's attorney, however, the government uses a broad set of terms to define tree, which makes just about anything fit the definition, even an invasive brush and dead trees. Uh, Canton Township defines trees as any woody plant with at least one well-defined stem and having a minimum diameter at breast height of three inches. Uh, The Percy's parcel was used historically by a local farmer for dairy pasture, so much of the vegetation on the parcel was uh, invasive buckthorn, scrub brush, and dead ash tree. According to MLive, Patterson also pointed out an exemption in the township ordinance, which states all agricultural farming operations, commercial nursery tree farm operations, and occupied lots of less than two acres in size, including utility companies and public tree trimming agencies, shall be exempt from all permit requirements of this article. Uh, Based on the aforementioned ordinance, the brothers were clearly within the law. But this is irrelevant to the officials who want their money. Uh, The Percy brothers believe they were exercising a state and local exemption for farming when they cleared the land. But officials arrived on site and signaled immediately their intention to levy big fines in the excess of $700,000, Patwell says. Uh, But that's not what the case is about. We're talking here about a parcel of former pasture land surrounded entirely by industrial activity. The case is about misguided overreach. It is unavoidably about whether people who own property are allowed to use it. We contend that Percy Brothers exercised a farming exemption in the local tree removal law to clear their historic pastures behind the business and develop a Christmas tree farm. Even if the brothers weren't protected under the local exemption, the idea that government officials can and will levy fines against a person in the land of the free for cutting down trees on their own property without paying, without first paying the government a fee is tyrannical. Uh, Cutting down a tree posed no threat to wildlife, no threat to neighboring property owners, and was in the best interest of the brothers. However, because they failed to pay the state and ask for permission, they will now be extorted. Uh, Rest assured, if they refuse to pay this extortion fee, state agents like armed with AR-15s will come to their home and kidnap them. If they resist these armed men attempting to kidnap them, they will be killed. And we can still call this geographic region, known as the United States, the land of the free. Uh, end of the article. I think the article hits on the head what is most egregious about this. Um, and that's what you can and cannot do on your own property with your own property or with your own positions, if you're one of those people. Um, and it's the, it's the argument that has to be made constantly. Otherwise we shift back into the, well, the, if the state's going to exist, this is how it has to be type of a thing. Uh, much like our, uh, one of the articles we did, um, I think last week's show, right? Where it's, uh, yeah, the, the lottery, the, the property rights lottery, um, or the rental lottery that was going on in what was it, California or whatever. Um, this also seems to be, you know, a, a case of average everyday regular people, um, getting caught in the web, right? It's, it's not like these people were anarchists. It's not like they were, uh, you know, liberty minded, uh, in any way. Um, they were farmers right you know christmas tree farmers with a with a big plot of land look and entrepreneurial at that right which is what we just talked about uh and looking to to use that land um to enhance their economic position right and you know it, it they're not they're not fighting the, the state on principle they're not saying um you know well we do this is our land so we do what we want and god damn you all to hell um, which would be nice but not the case right they're they're saying that Um, you know, based on the, the use case that we're going to be using the land, it, it falls within your rules, your exemptions, um, on whether or not we need to, to get this permit. Right. And, and, you know, and then they note how broadly the words are defined, you know, to, 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 to make their case, um, that this shouldn't have been a crime in the first place. Um, but not making the case that the, the government doesn't have the right. Right. Because if, if they were using it in, in their own minds, um, in my thought, in, in my mind, uh, in their own thought process, um, if they were using it, if they were just, you know, cutting trees, uh, willy nilly and didn't think they had an exception, or if someone else was doing the same thing without the exception, um, they would probably say, yeah, uh, you know, the, the state, the state has a right, uh, to enforce those laws. Um, but because, but because in our case, in our case, we have this exception thing. Um, therefore it, it, you know, it, it's, it need not enforce it on us, uh, it's just one way to fight it, right? I mean, it's it's, it's not the ideal argument that I would make. I, again, um, I'm, I'm the purest, right? I'm on the extreme end of, of most things um, when it comes to, you know, liberty and freedom and anarchy and that sort of thing. Uh, but I also I also have an understanding that the middle ground exists and that there are some people working to get more middle ground right there there are those you know you call them inside the system um people who are are you know fighting the good fight um but within the confines within the confines of the state rule book which you know whatever to to each his own um but i stay on the outside i go well if you know the the, ar- the argument has to be made um from a freedom perspective um even if you're going to do the the other arguments as well right the the um this article popped up uh, a number of times, um, in my feed throughout the week from, from various different sources. Uh, and I chose this one because this is, this was the only one, um, that I found, uh, you know, while I was going through my notes, uh, that, that took that perspective, right. The, the other ones were just, you know, they, they thought they had an exception and therefore there, they should be allowed. Um, but the real, the real answer is that regardless of the exception, they should be allowed number one, and that everyone should be allowed, uh, because it's the property owner's rights, um, that we're dealing with. And I, I want to make that perfectly clear and I will reiterate that time and time again. So if this sounds redundant, uh, you know, or a glitch in the matrix, if you will, um, then so be it because the, you know, uh, absolute property rights, You know, is is fundamental and foundation and foundational uh, to freedom of anything. If if you if you don't have the right to do what you want on your own property with your own possessions, um, then you are not truly free. And that is that is again not even to get into the uh, property tax um, argument there as well, right? If if you own if you own your property, why are you paying rent every year uh, to to keep it, right? It's because you don't really own it. Um, They do. Um, and and until we shift that that paradigm, until we shift the minds of the people to move in that direction, um, that will always be the case. And so it's it's important to always always have the the fundamental the foundational arguments. Uh, you know the the discussion about you know uh, the underlying property issues whenever these things come up. Um, otherwise, people get caught up in the well they exist and they'll always exist uh, mindset, and therefore we never we never shake the yoke uh, off the government oppression, uh, until more people come around to the ideas that, you know, what's mine's is mine's and what's yours is yours. And, uh, and the two shall meet when it comes to dealing with the state moving on powering through a uh, nation horrified by toy bombs sent to Democrats as their government blows up kids with real ones. Um, you know, it's sad that MC is not here this week because his big thing, like his reason for being, uh, an anarchist or a Liberty minded individual, um, uh, is is u.s. foreign policy um so i kind of pulled this so we could we could have that discussion with him but he's not here so it's just going to be me um and and whereas i'm on his side uh i don't think i'm as passionate uh about it as he is um but here nation horrified by toy bombs sent to democrats as their government blows up kids with ruins media headlines have been dominated for the last two days by the news that pipe bombs are being sent to democratic party elites and their allies A list of whom, as of this writing, consists of Bill and Hillary Clinton, Barack and Michelle Obama, Joe Biden, George Soros, Maxine Waters, Eric Holder, Robert De Niro, and CNN office, addressed to former CIA director John Brennan, who actually works for NBC. As of this writing, nobody has been killed or injured in any way by any of these many explosive devices, and there is, as of this writing, no publicly available evidence that they were designed to. As of this writing, there is no evidence that the devices were intended to do anything than what they have done. Stir up fear and grab headlines. And of course, it is a good thing that nobody has been hurt by these devices. Obviously targeting anyone with packages containing explosive materials is terrible, even if those devices were not rigged with the intention of detonating and harming anyone. It is a and it's a good thing that not a single one of them has done so. It is a good thing that none of Americans' political elites were targeted by the sort of explosive devices that Americans uh, that America drops on people in other countries every single day. You know, the kind that actually explode. Uh, From Twitter, apparently some Acme comedy bombs mailed to a number of extremely rich people, which thankfully didn't hurt anybody at all, are infinitely more newsworthy than the real bombs which maim and destroy children in Yemen on an industrial scale. It is good uh, that Barack Obama has never sent anything resembling the 26,171 bombs that his administration dropped in the final year of his presidency, for example. It is a good that neither the first U.S. president to serve every minute of his administration under wartime uh, nor who nor those who served as part of that administration like Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton were targeted with the kind of weapons which were deployed against impoverished people in other nations every single day for eight uh, for all eight years. Uh, People would have been killed and badly injured if anyone had been sent anything like those kind of explosive devices, their bodies ripped to shreds uh, like countless civilians. Uh, killed in the airstrikes, which has resulted from the Obama administration's expansion of Bush's so-called war on terror. Uh, President Trump, whose administration has been dropping even more bombs than its predecessor after expanding the use of drone strikes and peeling back regulations on airstrikes designed to protect civilians, was quick to condemn the headline-grabbing pipe bomb campaign, which did not hurt anyone whatsoever. A major federal investigation is now underway, said the President, who continues to assist Saudi Arabia in murdering untold tens of thousands of civilians in Yemen. The full weight of our government is being deployed to conduct the investigation and bring those responsible for these despicable acts to justice. Uh, Right now, the only political debate happening over these bomb scares is who is responsible for them. I'm being told by everyone that the left of Ted Cruz that I'm required to believe that this was with 100% certainty a terrorist plot, orchestrated by Trump supporters uh, due to the president's hateful rhetoric against the people who've been targeted. And if I don't subscribe to that belief, it means I'm a Nazi. Uh, meanwhile, Trump supporters are telling me that this is a deep state false flag designed to get Democrats elected in the midterm because sarcasm, Republicans are totally not in bed with the alliance of plutocrats and government agencies known as a deep state uh, and sarcasm. Uh, and uh, j- jumping out of the article real quick, uh, only because they, they have since uh, arrested a suspect. Um, and I'm not going to do a follow-up article on that. So if you want if, if, you, if you don't already know, um, someone's been arrested, detained, and you know, uh, Google the news for that. Uh, back into the article, because this is the important stuff. But the fact of the matter is that next to nothing is known about this case. As of this writing, there isn't even a suspect yet. Ah, there you go. The proper thing to do is when the mass media is telling us uh, with a unified voice to be afraid of something is to remain agnostic and very, very skeptical of everything we're being told. Uh, There are any number of possible explanations for this spat of impotent pipe bombs, many of which don't involve a partisan explanation at all. Uh, Without endorsing any particular one, there are, for example, a few sociopathic government agencies in the U.S. who would love nothing more than to manufacture support uh, for more intrusive domestic counterterrorism powers. But partisan explanations are possible as well. Maybe there really is a Trump supporter out there who either A, wanted to scare Democratic elites without hurting them and didn't realize doing so would only generate sympathy and unify Democrats right before midterms, or B, is really, really consistent in being really, really bad at making pipe bombs. Who knows? Uh, The important thing is to remain agnostic and skeptical. Meanwhile, while we wait for copious amounts of facts and evidence before forming a solid opinion, uh, one way or the other, how about a little interest in the people who are being targeted with actual bombs that actually explode, by the empire these de- democratic elites serve that in my opinion is one debate we should always be having uh so just like the last article um you know getting getting to the heart of the of the matter or at least in this case shifting it to to what's what's more important um and like you know if mc were here he'd be living uh i'll bet um because of the of the u.s foreign policy right i mean you know it's 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 not even funny um, at this point, how bad it's getting in other countries, um, and then they wonder, they wonder, 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 um, why there's so many migrants uh, leaving their homelands, trying to get to, you know, uh, safety. I guess in in Europe and the United States, uh, where we're applicable, um, is because things are bad, and and things are bad. Usually, if if not um, if not U.S. foreign military policy, um, U.S. foreign economic policy. Right. If 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 you go in and support um, dictators that destroy the economy, um, you know, and and the people are starving and hungry and and wanting to get out, they're going to leave. And where are they going to go? Well, where they can where they can find find you know freedom, a little bit of it at least, um, and better their economic situation. Or in the case of you know Yemen and Syria and, and you know the, those other you know brown foreign countries, uh, you know they they're, they're going to migrate out where they're not getting blown up and having their homes and businesses and families killed and destroyed. Um, just, you know, it just has to be that way. And it's not, you know, it's despite the cultural difference, um, it's hard to blame them, um, for wanting to, for wanting to seek safety. Um, uh, and if, and if you stop, you know, blowing up their homeland, um, I'm sure they wouldn't mind returning, right? I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure they would rather live at home, um, than, you know, uh, any other European or American country where they're, they face such, uh, backlash, And, and, you know, aggravation, I guess, for lack of a better term from, from the general public, uh, it's probably not a good feeling to be an unwanted foreigner, uh, in a land, um, where people don't want you and have been, you know, recently blowing up your homeland. I, I, I don't think that's a good spot at all. And if they come in and attempt to like change the culture, which a lot of people are worried about, well then, you know, take some responsibility for that. Um, so far as, you know, supporting Supporting the war with your tax dollars, um, you know supporting the 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 presidency with your votes, right supporting the foreign policy with your mindset um, and doing all those things that put these people in harm's way. Uh, if you didn't if you know if, if I always say the, the only real um, the only real protest is a tax protest. Uh, and it, and if you're still giving them your money, well, then you're, you're paying for some of this, right? You know, withhold as much as you can. Again, I, we won't get into it, but withhold as much as you can and don't pay them. You know, if, if they can't pay to build the bombs, you know, they'll, they'll probably still find a way, but at least you do, you don't have to take some of the responsibility, uh, for doing that. So bl- blowing up people in other countries, uh, you know, doesn't do any good on either way because all of a sudden now they want to invade yours or they're dead, um, and whoever's left, you know, doesn't like you very much. So it's a, it's a bad deal all the way around. Um, and again, I'm sure MC would be much more eloquent um, with his thoughts about this because it's, it's more his thing than mine. Like, I don't support it. Um, I actively oppose it as much as I possibly can by withholding my tax dollars. Um, but at the same time, um, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm also like, uh, let's fix here before we go there type of thing. So, you know, end the state. Um, and, and leave the troops behind to do whatever they want over there. I guess, uh, moving on Chicago seized the disabled woman's van. Now it's scrap metal. Uh, the city decided her van was an abandoned vehicle, even though it clearly wasn't. This one hits home a little bit for me too, before I get into the article, only because, um, the rules, uh, in a lot of places on abandoned property and, and parking is so ludicrous. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is here, um, where I currently live. Uh, but back in Hawaii, if your car was in the same spot for more than 24 hours, right, it was considered abandoned, right? Like legally now, you know, what would it take to enforce that law way too much, which means, you know, you can park your car in the same spot over the weekend, um, uh, without uh, upsetting anybody. Uh, but in my case, you know, the, I, I had my car towed, um uh, because they, they built the no parking zone around it, um when, when I was using another car for work, right. Like I, or my moped for work, I I parked my car. um, I I used it, you know, for, for longer drives, but I commuted mainly on my moped because it was easier, cheaper and, and faster to get around town. Um, So I didn't even notice, you know, that they had built a no parking zone around my car. Like my car was parked. It was legal to park there. And then all of a sudden they said, Nope, you can't park here. And then they towed it. Um, And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why I found out about the the, the no parking in the, in, you know, the, the, the one day abandoned law, um, you know, and, and even, you know, on, on our job sites, when we had clearly posted no parking zones, um, because we were, you know, bringing, you know, dumpsters, um, and I had to get that delivered. Um, you know, I felt bad about towing the cars that were parked there. Cause I was like, do we know like who, who was here? You know, when this car got parked here, was our sign up when we put our sign up? Um, was this a vacant spot? uh, did they, were they given notice? You know, if, did we put the, did they do like, you know, did my company do like, uh, the, the other company did me, um, and put the no parking sign up around the car. Cause if so, like, you know, screw it. He was here first and it's a public road. Um, I'm not willing to sign off on towing and I'm not willing to call the cops on that. Um, but it's still, you know, they go like, well, he's got 24 hours. Otherwise it's abandoned. Uh, well, you know, you make the call then man. Cause I, I'm, I want no part of this. Um, you know, even, even though it's, even though it's delaying our work, um, the, if there's no way for me with her firsthand exper- experience or, or, you know, yeah, there's no, there's no way with me with first hand experience to know who was here first. Um, and I'm not willing to do the same thing to that guy as the cops did to me. So this lady, even worse than that, <clears throat> a disabled Chicago woman was deprived of her only form of transportation after the city decided her wheelchair accessible van was an abandoned vehicle. For more than a decade, Andrea, Santiago's family, parked her van along different parts of the same street. The van, equipped with a hydraulic lift worth about $15,000, according to WBBM, which reviewed years of Google Earth images, the van was regularly parked legally. It was her only mode of transportation, uh, attorney J.C. Zona, who's representing Santiago's family, explained to Reason. It was my freedom, Santiago, who has multiple sclerosis, tells WBBM. Uh, Santiago relied on the van to get to doctor's appointments, among other places, but in June, an investigator from the Chicago Department of Streets and Sanitation put a notice on the vehicle. If the van wasn't moved in the next week, the notice said, the city would treat it like an abandoned vehicle and tow it away. According to spokesperson Marjani Williams, the department only investigates potentially abandoned vehicles that have been reported by residents. In this case, WBBM reported the department received just one 311 call, and the caller misidentified Santiago's GMC van as a Chevy sedan. Uh, but it shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have ended up mattering when they saw that the van had been moved. Santiago's family went above and beyond. Uh, We scraped everything off the window. We put up a sign, said the vehicle is not abandoned. Her son-in-law, Mike Riley, tells WBBM. We even left a cell phone number for my wife uh, so they could call, and we moved the van up one spot. Uh, It wasn't enough. No reasonable person could conclude that it was a deserted vehicle, says uh, Zolna. They just came in and took it away, took it anyways. Technically, it wasn't the city that took the car. Uh, United Road Towing. Uh, which has a $60 million contract with the Chicago government, towed the van to the Auto Pound. URT is the same company that declared bankruptcy last year following a $5 million judgment in a class action suit from people claiming their cars were towed without their permission. According to WBBM, the company kept Santiago's van at the United Auto Pound for two weeks, and then as contract law allowed them to do so, uh, they bought it from the city for $15. It wound up in a salvage yard where it was sold for scrap and crushed. Uh, Williams said the city sends pre-tow notices via mail to whoever's name is on potentially abandoned vehicle's registration, and according to the department statement, owners receive another notice via certified mail after the vehicle is impounded. Uh, Zola disputes this, uh, that this is how the department operates. They do not send you a letter until after the car has been towed, he said. Your car could be sitting a block away from you, and if the city thinks it's abandoned, they won't even tell you that they think it's abandoned before they take it. Uh, Santiago's family claimed they received no warning aside from the abandoned uh, vehicle sticker, and they didn't hear anything after it was impounded either. Not a phone call, not a letter in the mail, uh, Riley tells WBBM. We received no notification whatsoever. As long as they moved the car, they should have been in the clear. If there's proof that the vehicle was moved, then we will not tow the vehicle, Williams said. Investigators do their due diligence, she explained, uh, though she wouldn't say if they found proof that the vehicle, that the van was moved. Uh, Like Santiago, Chicago's Alderman Nick Sposado uh, of the 38th Ward has multiple sclerosis. He thinks the city messed up. I fully say we made a mistake, and this can't happen in the future, he tells WBBM. In this case, he suggests a little common sense might have gone a long way. You would hope people would have a little more compassion and have a half a brain to say, I can see the lift in here, I can see the handicap plates, do I really want to be towing this, Sposato said. Uh, Chicago has a long history of taking away without good reason. In April Reason, C.J. Ciaramella published an investigation into how the city generates revenue by impounding innocent people's vehicles. Between 2012 and 2017 alone, Chicago wrapped up $114 uh, million in vehicle impound fines. As for Santiago, Zona says he's taking every action possible to ensure she gets reimbursed. We're going to do whatever we need to do to make sure she gets remedied, he said. Uh, end of the article. The other thing I will add to this is, you know, in, in my particular case, and I'm sure, you know, even if they were able to get the van back, uh, there, there's like zero recourse when dealing with towing companies, right? They they tow it, and then in order to get it back, you have to pay them. There, there's no there's no uh, dispute resolution at all. Uh, they have your vehicle, they lock it up, you know, behind a gate, and in order to get it out, you give them money or they just don't let it out. There's no, you know, they think that what they have is done in the right. And because because this is another one of those, you know, pseudo uh, state run agencies, you know, um, and I will I will put this in the same, you know, same realm um, with the with these contracts as um, as the post office and the Federal Reserve. This is less this is less like um, Facebook and Twitter uh, because you're not you're not dealing with these people on a voluntary basis. Right. if if the, if if you wanted the services you would call um, but they're actively stealing from you and then you know extorting you to get to get your to get your property back um, and any act of aggression towards them is viewed as an act of aggression you know um, towards the state so to speak because you know the state will be on their side um, in that matter um, so there's there's no way there's no way to hold them accountable. Um, and as you saw you know even when they when you win a class action suit they declare bankruptcy so you don't get any remedy there. Um, and in the case of, of, uh, of this woman, this, you know, handicapped woman, um, how long is it going to take to get her a new van, a new lift, get all that installed. And then who's going to front those fees and those costs, um, while the, while the state tries to figure out, um, who was in the right and who was in the wrong on there and then how to, and who's going to reimburse her. Hopefully it'll be the towing company, um, you know, alone, because if it, if the state has to reimburse her and get sued, well then guess who also takes the hit, um, another ding to the taxpayers. So in all towing companies are an all around bad situation. Um, when they, when they have contracts with the state, if they're just a tow truck guy, um, and you like, you call and say, Hey, I, you know, I'm stuck, man. Can you, t- can you give me a tow? Then I'm all for it. Right. That's a, that's a legitimate service provided by society. Um, But towing people off the states as a service to the state um, is is despicable, and all those people should be hung and quartered as well. Oh man, look at that. I think I'm going to make it on time. Uh, Last article. Good thing I got enough. South Carolina Island seeks chain business ban to maintain unique character. Uh, A South Carolina Carolina Island uh, might soon ban chain restaurants and other stores from opening up new locations. Uh, One of the band's main goals, according to the proposed ordinance, is to maintain the island's unique character. (coughs) About 2,400 people live on Foley Beach Island, which itself is a part of the city of Foley Beach, South Carolina. The ordinance passed early this month by the City Council will prohibit uh, formulas, businesses with the downtown commercial, island commercial, and marine commercial districts. Formula businesses, meanwhile, are defined as establishments with 10 or more outlets anywhere in the world and with standardized services such as merchandise, trademarks, logo, uniforms, decor, etc. Uh, the island is currently home to a subway restaurant and a BP gas station, though neither establishment would be affected by the ban. Uh, Foley Beach Island already has a ban on drive through businesses in place. Uh, the ban on chain businesses was originally proposed by a non group, Low County Local First, the Charleston Post and Courier reports. This is not a new model. Uh, the organization's operations director, Lauren Gilotti, told the newspaper explaining that 20 cities around the nation have enacted similar rules. In a letter from the city's planning commission to the city council, uh, Foley Beach zoning administrator Aaron Pope said no residents publicly opposed the ban. As a result, the commission approved the ordinance and referred to it recommendation to the city council. Uh, Foley Beach Mayor Tim Goodwin, who supported the measure, says it's meant to help small businesses. I think it's good to keep businesses of Foley Beach Foley Beach, Goodwin told WCSCS WCSC, excuse me. The goal is to keep mom and pop places healthy and alive. The goal is reflected in the wording of the ordinance itself. The proposed ban, which is up for final vote next month, is meant to preserve the unique character of non-resident areas on Foley Island proper. Uh, The ordinance is also supposed to provide employment opportunities. Uh, Not everyone supports it. South Carolina Restaurant and Lodging Association spokesperson Katie Montgomery told The Post and Courier that businesses should be a reflection of their local communities and be a cohesive part of their neighborhoods. But, she adds, too broad stroke of a ban could be prohibitive to growing restaurant groups and to customers looking for a diverse dining option. Uh, Montgomery has a point. The ban may may be well-intentioned, but it's misguided all the same. If consumers want to pay more for town character and -and mom-and-pop businesses, then they will. In general, the government, whether it be at the federal, state, or local level, should not be in the business of propping up businesses just for the sake of keeping them open. Uh, folks who want cheaper options should have their access to these options cut off just because the government says so. It's simple logic, as food lawyer Balin Linekin noted in a 2016 piece for Reason, uh, studies of the best places to eat often conclude that the more restaurants a city has per capita, the better its restaurants seem. It's no surprise that the more choices a consumer has, the better off that consumer is. Plus subsidizing local business is a form of crony capitalism as reasons Catherine Manga argued in 2013. She's right for the sake of consumers. Foley beach should not, shouldn't get in the way of the free market. Um, uh, I think those last few paragraphs kind of sums it up for me. Just keep the government out of business of doing business, um, uh, and let the market decide if people want mom and pop, they'll pay for it. Um, and they will, you know, and the chain restaurants will sell off if, if no one's eating there, right? If, if, if McDonald's pops up on Foley beach and everyone goes, no, nah, I, I like Susie's barbecue better. Um, then, you know, McDonald's ends up shuttering its doors and it gives an opportunity for another, you know, Fred's Frank and hot dog shop, uh, or something like that from popping up. Um, my own my my only experience with this uh, is I have a friend who runs some restaurants out in California and kind of on the west and sucker just opened up a, a shop in Hawaii like weeks after we left so I'm a little disappointed in that um, but at one point we were visiting California um, where his like you know home based restaurant I guess uh, is located and we couldn't find it we're like where the hell is this sandwich shop and the only thing that we found where his sandwich shop used to be um, was a similarly named sandwich shop, right? Um, and and if you if you need to know, uh, the place is Ikes. Uh, Love and sandwiches, best sandwiches I've ever had. Um, and where his shop, uh, in, in his home base shop, used to be, was now a Mike's uh, sandwich shop. Um, I went, wow, that's weird. Like from from Ikes to Mike's. Um, and so I talked to him, like, dude, like, is Mike yours? And if so, why the name changed? Like, you you know, your brand is Ikes because you're Ike. Um, and his answer was that the, that particular city, uh, also has a similar ban on chain restaurants. So as long as there were so many, uh, Ikes, um, you know, in and around the area or, or however many there were open, um. That particular one, because it was in like you know the the city limits or the the county limits that uh, you know had the ban on that sort of chain restaurants, um, he simply had to like change the name to something else and and lose a little bit of the the branding and marketing there. Um, so I'm I'm sure you know just just like good agorists do, and I, and I don't consider him one. Um, we we haven't had those type of conversations, uh, but there's there's going to be a workaround right? You know, and, you know, just, just like, what was it coming to America, right? Instead of a McDonald's on Foley Island, you might see a McDonald's uh, owned by the McDonald's corporation branded somehow differently in some, in some form or fashion, uh, just to get by, um, just to get by the silly band. Um, but I think the main point is let the consumers decide, let the, let the market decide, um, let people have their options. And if they want chain restaurants, then, you know, so be it get with the times phony Foley, Foley Island, phony Island, get with the times, um, just like anywhere else, you know, with, with articles going back to 2013 and probably prior to that, uh, crony capitalism needs to come to an end. State involvement in businesses need to come to an end. Um, and even though I know at the beginning of the show, um, I made the claim that, you know, businesses who involve themselves with the state should kind of get a pass. Um, there's a, there's a big difference than those who just happen to be doing state business, um, and those who are actively using the state to crush the competition. Um, and, and, and again, I want to just reiterate in the case of Facebook and Twitter, um, whereas they may be doing that, there's still voluntary services and there's still uh, opportunities abound um, to get out of that. So I will say um, here on, on this show, um, I think we're going to wrap it up. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, you guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash and now we're on Minds, minds.com slash theanarchistexperience. Uh, get the discussion in the groups on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. Uh, I got through all the articles, so there's no real reason to go there unless you want to see uh, stuff from from the past. Uh, Twitter, twitter.com slash theanarchistexp. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, do that through Patreon, patreon.com slash the Anarchist Experience. Uh, Thank you very much for listening and I will talk to you all next week. uh, MC back hopefully in two weeks. Peace.